Hey, this is Vicki. Just a little note. We had problems with Doug Gramley's audio during the first couple of minutes of this podcast. It does get resolved, so it does sound better after the first few minutes are over with. So please bear with us. Thanks. Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis. Season 4, Episode 17, Clash of the Titans. Joe has wedding plans for Henry and Grace. The DOD sends a relationship auditor to assess Carter and Allison. And Tiny's return threatens the town. Original air date, August 22, 2011. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby. Written by Eric Touchman and Paula Yu. Directed by Michael Robinson. Come here often? Hi, this is Vicki, and we're back for Season 4, Episode 17, Clash of the Titans. I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey. Hey. I know the last episode we did, you didn't really care for Omega Girls, so what did you think of this one? It was okay. Just okay? Yeah, I was getting a little annoyed how many times they kept on saying Titan. (laughs) Yes, that's how I felt when they kept on saying Artifact. Yeah, like every other sentence, Titan is mentioned, kind of getting sick of this whole mission. Yeah, and that's how I felt with the artifact. I was getting tired of the storyline, but I was also getting tired of hearing them say artifact. So other than them saying Titan over and over, it was okay? Yeah, I guess it was okay. I mean, it was a little cringeworthy. Yes. You know, there were a couple parts where I was just like, oh, you know, please stop. Yes. But otherwise, I guess it was, it was okay. To get started, the episode opens with Holly and Fargo training on a simulated Titan. Fargo tries to plant something into the ground and everything goes haywire. Dr. Huggins tells them that they'd be dead if they were really on Titan. Fargo complains that they've been at this all morning and also did he really have to vent the test environment for every test. He claims it has to be perfect and yes he does. They take a break from testing so Huggins can go to the BCE site to be there when Tiny drops. Yeah, there was no like checks and balances. This guy is creating a like a hostile environment and then Oh, I know. Apparently, Tiny's been on Titan, and she's bringing back samples that will help him replicate the environment better. Holly wonders why Fargo is not a fan of Tiny. Fargo tells her that Tiny almost vaporized him during the camping trip a while back. Yeah. Huggins tells Fargo and Holly that they need to stop flirting and focus on the mission, as all the other candidates are. It seems to make them stop and think. Since you were not the co-host of last week's episode where Grace proposed to Henry and they announced that they were getting married even though they're married, I want to give you the opportunity to roll your eyes a bit since you missed out on doing that. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing is a little annoying. It is. 17 episodes deep and they still don't know how to move forward yet. And like even in this episode with the whole ring thing, it's like they're finding ways to just make it more uncomfortable for each other. I agree 100%. They both agree that they're not, that this is what they want, but there's always always something. Yeah, and it almost seems like made-up drama. Yeah. There's also another example of that 
during this episode, too. So, anyway, Grace and Henry are choosing their flowers for their vow renewal. Grace tells Carter that he rambled at their last wedding, so she wants him to prepare a speech this time. They also warn him not to lose the ring this time. Obviously, Grace remembers the first wedding. Henry and Carter don't. Yeah. So Grace wants to buy new rings for their new start, but Henry doesn't understand why she doesn't want to use the old ones. Right. What was going on with the flor- the florist? What was her name? I know. She was flirting, right, or something? Yeah, it was like a little flirting with Jack, and it was... I don't know if that was meant to be something. Was there something... Maybe there was something there in the past? I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, if there was, nobody's ever told us about it. So how you been, Sheriff? Oh, can't complain. Can't complain. Nice, nice blooms you got. Thank you. Jack. Yep. Hey. But yeah, I thought that was weird, too, because it was definitely flirting. Yeah. And he was definitely playing along until Allison walked in and he got nervous. Right. You know, so I don't know what that was about at all. Leonardo. That was your name? Dr. Leonardo. Yeah. I have no idea what that was about, but it was kind of weird just to throw it in there. Later, you could see that he's not ready for a commitment, which is odd, too, to me. Yeah. I don't know if he's if he wasn't if he's not ready or if it's more he's uh, doesn't want to say the wrong thing. It looked to me like he was not ready because he panicked when she mentioned marriage and she even laughed at him and said, you know, calm down. So I don't know if throwing somebody flirting with him into the mix is just some kind of vehicle to show that he's not ready to settle down. Even all that doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, he's been after Allison since day one. Right. So why would he be panicked if somebody mentions commitment to him? He was ready to let her go to Titan and keep her kids for six months. That's a commitment. So Allison comes in and tells Carter not to get all worked up. But Allison was required to fill out some sort of form with the DOD because they're a couple. And this form would normally amount to nothing at all. But because of Allison's brain jacking on Carter's watch, of course, it's his fault. They have been red flagged and an auditor is on his way to assess them. So Warren Hughes, played by Wallace Shawn, shows up to assess them for national security. He tells them to pretend he's not even there. Hello, Sheriff. Warren Hughes. Warren. PhD. MA. CPA. I cover all the bases. So as I've told Dr. Blake, I'm here pursuant to an IA-248 filing. Well, Warren, um, how do you assess on intimate alliance? I like to watch. It's hard to pretend that he's not even there. <laughs> Carter and Allison go to the BCE site with Wallace in tow. She explains to Wallace that Tiny's coming home from Titan. They activate the FTL, or the BCE, or whatever, and Tiny appears. Henry lets down the shields, and there's an explosion. Warren's ears are ringing, but he's not injured. Henry thinks that Tiny may have absorbed methane on Titan and brought it back, and just as Tiny spark could cause an explosion. So now that Warren's there, Allison's being weird like she is when there's higher-ups around. Yeah. Like she's calling Henry Dr. Deacon. Right. For what? Sheriff Carter. Right. I could almost maybe see her calling him Sheriff Carter. Not really, because it's dumb. But why does she have to call Henry Dr. Deacon? Their friendship isn't being investigated. Probably just trying to show her professionalism. I guess, but she just gets all weird like that. So Allison asks Carter to check the area, and of course he starts to complain, but realizes that Warren is standing there, so he agrees. 
and Warren decides to go with him. Holly and Fargo are at their lockers in their underwear. Holly is worried about them being distracted. Fargo thinks they need to spend time talking and getting to know each other, but Holly wants to go straight to sex to get their distractions over with. Yep. Meanwhile, Zane's pardon comes through. Sign here and uh, here. We're done. (laughs) So that's it. It's official? Full and complete pardon. Well, thank you very much, Jill. Forget it. You know, it must be a sad day for you, though. I mean, I know how much you love locking me up. Oh, I still can if you misbehave. Only if it's on your turf. I can go anywhere now. I'm a free man. So does that mean you're leaving? Who knows? And if I do, this could be the last time we ever see each other. Like in the last episode, he thanks her for doing this for him, and now he can go anywhere. He doesn't have to stay in Eureka. He's a free man. Yeah. So he doesn't know if he's going to leave or not. Now this is causing this whole situation with these two. Right. That she won't ask me to stay, and she doesn't want to ask him to stay because he won't offer to stay. Right. It's like the whole thing, everybody is like, there's no communication with anybody in these uh, relationships. I know. It's all about them not telling each other what they want to tell each other. Yeah. And waiting for the other one to say something. Uh, Joe and Zane, they always have this drama. It's always about her not wanting to say something and him not wanting to say something or him waiting for her to say something. It's always that way. I'm totally surprised that he even asked her to marry him in the other timeline because they were always like that. Yeah. Warren and Carter in the woods looking for pieces of Tiny. Warren wants to know Carter's intentions and Carter tells him it's none of his business. He gets panicky a little because I, I guess he was never asked to define their relationship before, which they talk about later. Right. They see an orange haze, and Carter thinks part of Tiny's on fire. Grace discovers that it was as if Tiny was saturated in methane, which leads Henry to think they have to rethink their filtration system for the habitat on Astraeus. Henry's still hung up on Grace not wanting to use the old rings. Joe shows up, and as we recall, she loves weddings. <laughs> yeah. And she asks if they need help. When they tell her that they're just doing a small, intimate wedding, she's disappointed that they're not going for the big wedding. The orange smoke seems to be gone, and Carter and Warren find the containment unit of Tiny. Carter thinks it may have sprung a leak. Warren walks off to see another part of Tiny laying on the ground, and the ground opens up and swallows him. Carter's able to pull him out before he falls all the way in and tells him he picked a bad day for an audit. Yeah. Back at GD, Allison worries that Warren is okay. She doesn't seem to be worried about Carter being okay. And Carter mentions that. And as usual, Allison blames Carter. For getting this guy in this situation. Right. Yeah. But that's her nonsense. But then Carter, even earlier than this, can't seem to keep his mouth shut. He knows this guy's listening, and he can't seem to stop complaining about him. Yeah. He already called him a low-level paper pusher, and the guy heard him. Right. And now he's having a rant about the ridiculous of all this, which he also hears and has been making notes about. Yeah, he gets very defensive. Yeah. And so Allison, to make Carter stop complaining, sends Carter to check with Henry. Warren comments on Carter's testiness, but Allison tells him he's the most level-headed, even-tempered person in a town full of huge egos. Warren asks if she has a huge ego, and Allison says she does. Warren asks if she really sees a future with Carter, because they make a strange pair. Yeah. She's not happy about that comment, so she defends Carter's intelligence by telling him that he's one of the smartest men she knows. She skirted around the question. Yeah, she did. Which they both keep doing every time he asks. You're right. Warren takes that comment as Allison being hyper-defensive. 
Henry tells Carter that the orange fog in the woods is ethane. They don't know where it all came from because the seals on the containment compartment are broken. Joe bursts in with wedding planning. Carter takes Joe out of the room to try to save Grace and Henry from all the wedding planning that she's planning on doing. He tells her that she's going overboard, but she tells him, after all that's happened, the fact that Henry and Grace still manage to fall in love is a big deal. Joe pretty much drags Grace away to pick out new flowers. Yeah. Zane is upgrading the maiden frame. He tells Fargo he's trying to get everything done before he leaves. He's a free man now, and he doesn't have to stay there. Fargo asks about Joe, but Zane says it's not like they really are together. And she's not asking him to stay. So here we go. And this is the way their relationship usually goes. But Fargo does ask him to stay. I want to check off another item on my to-do list before I leave. Since when do you have a to-do list? Since when are you leaving? I'm a free man. There's nothing holding me here now. What about Joe? It's not like we're really together. And she's not asking me to stay. Okay, but I am. But he also wants some advice about Holly. Right. So Fargo thinks it's moving too fast, and he wants the getting-to-know-you time. Zane just thinks he's crazy. Zane tells him there's no such thing as too soon. Back at the wreck site, Carter and Henry both smell ammonia. This is what caused the sinkhole that Warren fell in. It destabilized the ground in that area. They could lose the BCE and more if it continues. Henry tells him there's a great deal of ammonia on Titan, so it must be coming from Tiny. They have to try to find all of Tiny's pieces, or the sinkholes can happen wherever they landed. Yeah. Henry tells Carter about the rings, because Grace wants new rings. He feels he hasn't earned the old Henry's ring, and he still has to live up to the old Henry. Yeah, see, I don't think that was... I don't think that was it. No, I don't think so either. No, I think, again, he's, like, reading too much into it. Exactly. That's what happens with all these smart people, is they try, they overanalyze everything. Yeah. You know, maybe she just wanted a fresh start, which yes. I'm pretty sure she even said that at one point. She did. You know, new rings, new relationship. He kept on saying that he didn't want to be the old, he wasn't the old Henry, so why should he get the old Henry's ring? You know, it's like, it's a keepsake for her because she lived a life with this other guy, this other Henry, and now she wants to start a new life with the new Henry. It's like, I don't understand why he was so... I don't either. I guess because, like he said, the when he gave her the ring back, he said he'll take it back when he earns it. Yeah. So he's got it all convoluted in his mind that he hasn't earned it. Yeah. I'm sure, and I think we find out later, that's not what Grace means at right. all. But they drag it out. Every time he tries to talk to her, somebody interrupts. Right. And then when he finally does get to explain it to her, they just show her looking down at the rings and then they cut to the next scene. You don't even get an answer there. So, you know, they drag this out through the whole episode. Yeah. Henry's getting readings of high levels of methane and ammonia in quadrant 24. And he says if they mix, the fog will be toxic. The 24th quadrant is an off-site agricultural lab, which is where Joe dragged Grace to look for flowers. Of course. The orange fog begins to appear... And the fog seems to be making the plants grow. Grace and the doctor try to get out, but Joe stays behind to try to get to the main vents. Carter finds Grace, the doctor, and Joe under the plants, and Carter is able to turn the valve. The doctor says that the plants save them by absorbing the fog. She tells them that there must have been nitrate in the fog, which accelerated the plant's growth. Nitrogen is another element found on Titan. So they're totally under the impression that Tiny brought back all this stuff from Titan. Right. Fargo meets up with Holly and suggests not rushing things and just having dinner, but she wants to stick to their original plan. Fargo is disappointed and tells her he can't do it, not like this and not with her, with no further explanation. 
Grace and Henry walk into Cafe Diem to have Vincent already bringing them plates before they even sit down. It's test cake for their wedding. Apparently, Joe wasn't happy with what they decided on, so she picked something else. Henry's not interested at all and finally gets to explain his problem with the rings to Grace. And like we said, Grace doesn't respond and they just go to the next scene. At GD, Allison explains that everyone from the fog is fine, but if they were exposed to it for much longer, it could have been lethal. Jack finds out that Warren is interviewing Joe at the moment about the relationship, and he can't interfere, and he's not happy about this, and he doesn't understand why Joe would be any expert on relationships. Well, because she's not. No, she isn't. Why just interview her? Why wouldn't you be interviewing, you know, other people that are close close to them? She's only head of GD temporarily, you know? Yeah, that's true, huh? I forgot about that. I think, yeah, I mean, if you're going to interview other people, interview other people. Don't just interview one person. And then when he gets to the, where he finds out that Joe is living with Carter. Right. And he's like, oh, that's very interesting. It's really not. He's giving her a place to stay because her house is still under construction for uh, how how long are we going on now that her house is still under construction? I don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I know. I guess if from an outsider looking in, it does sound like a weird situation. You know, Joe is the head of GD security. Allison's the head of GD, Carter's the sheriff. But, he, you know, the background is that Joe worked for Carter before she was head of GD security. And it, it, they say later on in the series, more than once, Joe calls him her best friend. Yeah. You know, so I guess from the outside looking in, it's kind of a weird situation. But it, it isn't at all. The other thing I thought was funny and I thought you would, would have picked up on was that, you know, Carter says what makes Joe um, an expert on relationships she dated a robot oh yeah i forgot that but we don't know if that was in this timeline or true not. we don't yeah yeah she he just said that to allison because yeah obviously it was in their timeline but I, yeah i don't know if it, we don't know if it was in this timeline yeah i forgot that she was uh dating that guy <laughs> allison brings up defining what they are to each other and she mentions henry and grace making a commitment carter looks like he's going to hyperventilate Allison tells him to calm down, but asks if marriage is all that inconceivable. And I love that they had Allison use inconceivable instead of Warren. That was a cute little switch. But every time you see him, you're waiting for him to say inconceivable. And then they had Allison do it. Why is that? Why is what? Why do you wait for him to say inconceivable? I can't see you, so I can't see if you're smirking. No, I'm not. I really, I mean, if you say it, then it'll probably click, but... The Princess Bride? Oh, okay. See, I, I, when I see him, I think of uh, Vegas Vacation. Vegas Vacation? Yeah, where he's like the little blackjack dealer, and he's messing with Chevy Chase. Oh, I was going to ask you if that was a Chevy Chase vacation movie. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I saw... I think I saw parts of that. I don't care how many things I see him on. I'll never not first think of Princess Bride. Anyway, it was cute that they had Allison say it instead of him. Yeah. So Henry interrupts before Carter could answer. Carter tells Allison, and I'll talk about this later. After Warren ends the interview, Joe puts Grace's gowns over her head, you know, with the hanger, mm-hmm. and starts humming the wedding march, just in time for Zane to come in and see it. So he came in to say goodbye. Apparently, this is not the first time they've said goodbye. Right. And then we jump back to Henry, who discovers that Tiny's parts are only covered in methane, and it's not absorbed, which means Tiny picked up the methane when he reached Earth, and he didn't pick it up on Titan. 
Fargo talks about Dr. Huggins and how he dumps the environment every time he tests it. He flushes it into an underground chamber. Henry thinks it's possible that the waste um, could have seeped through the ground and gone through all of the vents. The way people have to deal with hazardous waste, yeah, this seems, and I know you said it already, this seems kind of, I don't know. That you shouldn't just be flushing toxic chemical or toxic, you know, gases. Into the ground. Into the, you know, down a, a sewer, basically. Yeah. I don't know. They just seem that it should have, they should have, and I know you already said that, but it's, you know, the more you think about it, they're just shooting it into the ground pretty much. It says an underground chamber, but it can't be all that, whatever, if things can seep out. Right. Yeah. I mean, how long have they been preparing for this mission? Don't you, they should be doing like some checks and stuff? Right. Exactly. To make sure that this isn't happening. Yeah. And, and there's vents attached to this. So now everything's from the chamber is going through all the vents in town. Fargo, due to his highly problem that no one seems to have time to talk about, seems uninterested in the problem of the town blowing up. What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. Unless you call losing the girl of your dreams before you ever even had her wrong. Uh, very sorry about that. Uh, but your problems at the moment. Carter runs to stop Huggins from dumping any more of the environment and tells him what's happening. And Huggins actually, even though everybody's going to die, he seems a little bit excited about that. Yeah, because he was able to replicate that fog, whatever it was. Right. The ethane, ethane fog. Yeah. Out of himself. Just as he says, if that fog comes up, they'll all die. We cut to orange fog coming out of the sewers in the street. Right. Henry gets everyone he can into Cafe Diem. Zane and Joe have finished saying goodbye when they hear a code for emergency response. That was, I thought that was pretty funny that he's getting everybody into Cafe Diem and there's still people outside running around. Right. Just yell down the street. To get or, inside. You know, get inside, get inside. You know, instead he's just standing right in front of the door grabbing people <laughs> and then they shut the door and then you see like a half a dozen more people running by. Like why not open the door and let them back in? Like at they that s- point they felt that those people, you could they could sacrifice them. They were okay. <laughs> they were expendable. <laughs> It's always fun to watch the extras in the background, you know, because I'm not even sure if producers or if directors even tell them what's going on. They just tell them, okay, now now you guys act excited. Yeah. Now you guys act scared. It, it, it's funny to, to watch their reactions sometimes because you can, like, pick somebody out in the crowd and be like, that person has no idea what's going on. Like, that character has no clue what's going on. <laughs> they just know that there was an orange fog and now everybody's stuck inside. Well, yeah, and the people on the streets that didn't go into Cafe Diem were all running in a different direction. I do appreciate, though, how duct tape was used (laughs) to fix the issue of the fog seeping into Cafe Diem. Doug would be very happy to watch that, too. It's like, of all the things that this town has, they use duct tape. I know. Doug, Doug would fix anything with duct tape. Anything. His car. Anything. Huggins says he's been working on a portable evacuation unit and Fargo volunteers himself and Holly for the job. So they have to figure out where to pump the fog because if they pump it back into the underground chamber, it's only going to release again. Carter suggests the plant lab. I keep calling it the plant lab because I really don't know what it is. Greenhouse. Is it a greenhouse? or what? I, what? I, mean, I don't I remember. Paint, what, uh, uh, yeah, okay, I'll call it that. But they had a name. I don't know. It was an agricultural lab, but I don't know what the, I don't know. Yeah, a greenhouse is good. I'll call it that. Uh, back at Cafe Diem, Holly and Fargo are suited up in the street. Holly tells him that they are now strictly business. 
Fergo warns her that the methane snow is explosive and she has to step lightly. Jack, Joe, Carter, and Allison race to the plant lab. I see everyone turned down the greenhouse so Jack can open the valve. Fargo gets his vent open, but Holly can't get hers. Holly falls back and ignites some of the snow, and she realizes her suit is damaged. She panics, but Fargo calmly switches her to her reserve tank, and they go back to setting up the equipment. Fargo's kind of growing. Yeah. All through the episode, he's all, you know, but when it comes down to it and when it's a panic situation, he's the one who stays calm and helps her. Yeah. Carter and everyone arrive at the plant, <laughs> the greenhouse. Warren tells them they can't go in without suits, but Carter tells him to stay where he is, that he has a plan. I'm not exactly sure what his plan was. It didn't seem like that was a whole big plan, did it? No. On uh, Main Street, Holly and Fargo turn on the machine, and all these things come out of it, and it seems like it's starting to work. Right. Meanwhile, Carter, Allison, and Joe try to open the vent, but they can't. It's stuck. So Warren right. comes running in and says he could bench press twice his weight. And he... <laughs> right. And he helps them turn the wheel. Once, right? And then him and Joe leave. Yeah. And Carter and Allison are still inside, still struggling to turn the wheel. Why wouldn't you just keep the four of you there, turn the wheel as much as you need to, and then all four of you leave? Well, because I think the point is that they wanted to get all the people out that didn't have to. They turned it just so far just to get it started. Yeah, but then they were still struggling to turn it again. I know. I know. But I think they just wanted to turn it enough so they, the other two, well, he was hoping the three of them would leave so that he'd be the only one in there when the fog came. But yeah, if Allison didn't stay with him, probably wouldn't have been able to turn it. Yeah, but I wonder if Allison had left had he had uh what's his face would have made a different decision at the end oh yeah and that's possible because she risked her life not to right. leave him you're probably right and then they made a point of joe saying write that down right yeah that is probably what turned the tables for him if one or the other was willing to sacrifice the other one it would have been a little different this guy's not he wasn't there to to see how genuine their relationship was i mean he was there to see how it was more, you know, a national security thing because one or the other is more important. I, obviously, I think he feels that Allison is more important than Carter is. So, you know, Allison not willing to just let Carter, you know, be in there by himself. She's willing to be there with him and sacrifice herself. No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think that was the reason for his whole recommendation or whatever. Yeah. Or non-approval of their relationship. But there are times when Allison is willing to let him go in. But, of course, Warren hasn't seen that. Right. Yeah. Main Street's clearing up. The plants are growing in the greenhouse to absorb the methane gas or whatever kind of gas it was. And Carter and Allison make it out of the lab. Back at GD, Zane tells Fargo that he may have given him bad advice. But then Holly runs in wearing a bathrobe, and Zane tells her that Fargo is a really good guy and tells Fargo that there's plenty of time for dessert. Fargo explains to Holly that he wants to have a relationship. Holly tells him that she's terrible at that, but she's really good at dessert. That's where things start going wrong. I mean, what if you don't laugh at my jokes? Or, or you like the original Star Trek and I like Next Gen? But, but the not knowing, that's the exciting part. You're just taking a chance. And by the way, I like both Star Treks. Really? Me too. <laughs> yeah? yeah? See, that wasn't so hard, was it? Fargo liking both TOS and TNG kind of broke the ice and made her think that she could have a relationship, maybe. Yeah. 
So Henry and Grace are walking and they talk about being apart for so long and Grace gives Henry the old ring. Yeah, I guess she never does actually explain other than that it was a new start, right? Yeah, I don't think it was anything against Uh, him. No. For some reason I thought she explained, but she didn't. She just gave him the new ring and he said, are you sure? And she said yes. Joe drives up and Grace and Henry tell Joe that what she's planning for the wedding is not them. She agrees. And she makes them get in her car. She brings them to the decorated garage, all set up for a wedding. Zane and Joe talk about how it's possible to make it work through a timeline change, and Grace and Henry are proof of that. Warren shows up to perform the ceremony. Before he does, he tells Carter and Allison that he finds the two of them impressive and that they care about each other too much for their personal feelings not to get in the way. And their relationship has not been improved. Well, I've already filed my report with the DOD. So what did it say, or is it confidential? You may as well know now. I think the two of you are very impressive, and it's quite clear how much you care about each other. In other words, too much. Your personal feelings are bound to get in the way, and so uh, your relationship has not been approved. They can either break up or resign, and that's pretty much the end. Right, and again, if Allison resigns from being the temporary head of GD, then it's okay. That does make sense. She's only a temporary head. And, I mean, if you think about it, they were together, right, when she was the the head medical person. Right. GD. So it's not like that wasn't a problem. Carter got together with her after she became. Yeah, and if she didn't have to file paperwork when she was the medical person. Right. You're right. None of this really you know, makes like the, the, the that relationship should have been grandfathered in. Right. But given the fact that it's just temporary, whether or not it's grandfathered in, she's going to go back to being the medical person. Right. So, yeah, none of this really makes a lot of sense at all. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much the end of the episode. We're getting close to the end of the fourth season. It's been a long season. Yeah, this was one of their longer seasons. The longest? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Next season's kind of short. Next season's only like... 12 or 13 episodes or something. Yeah, I don't know why not break this one up into two seasons. Well, they didn't. They broke it into a mid-season finale. Yeah. So it was still like a whole year before they came back. Yeah. This was like a network TV season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well then we'll see you next week. All right, sounds good. All right, bye. Bye. Why are you doing that? You sure nobody's follow us. That would be inconceivable. You sure nobody's follow us. As I told you, it would be absolutely, totally, and in all other ways, inconceivable. He's climbing the rope. And he's getting on us. Inconceivable. He didn't fall? Inconceivable. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for season four, episode 18. This one time in space camp. Bye! Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At Facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch. Or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.